you know, shortly after that, my wife gave birth to our first, first child, or it was right around the same time. And I had just taken on a new position that required a lot more effort and work for me on terms of my day job. So I really figured out how to hire better people and then grow further. Maybe I made less money than he did, but I was able to have a little bit of freedom. Hi, you're listening to That Really Happened, Unbelievable Real Estate Stories. I'm your host, Ellie Perlman. If you're a real estate investor, this is the podcast for you. Our guest speakers will bring you amazing, intriguing, and unbelievable stories about real estate investing. The stories will be an honest and transparent account about what it actually means to invest in real estate. You'll hear stories that investors don't usually share. Stories about hardships, breaking points, painful truths, and surprising realizations. Sometimes there's a happy ending, and sometimes the story ends very differently than you would expect. So let's get the show started. My guest today is Jason Caro from Pennsylvania. In his previous life uh, to investing, Jason was a medical device sales rep who owned who now owns over 700 units with his wife, Nadia, through their company, Pero Real Estate. So Jason built out his career starting in 2001. By 2012, he left his day job and transitioned to doing real estate full-time, which is, I know, the dream of many of you guys who have been listening to the show. So in addition to this, he's the father of two children, and the president of his local RIA, representing over 1,600 members in northwestern Pennsylvania. So today, Jason will share the story of how he took down his first large deal of 56 units in 2005. There's a, a lots of fun nuances to this deal, so let's get right into it. Welcome to the show, Jason. Thanks for having me, Ellie. Appreciate you having me on. Yeah, absolutely. So... It's interesting because you actually managed to leave your day job, which I know a lot of people are interested and want to do that, but really don't know how to. So if you can take us, you know, back in time and, you know, share how you started in real estate and how you took down your first deal, that would be awesome. Okay. So um, going back to 2001, my wife and I bought our first duplex before we were married. We were actually just recently engaged, bought it a week before 9-11. And it was like a $32,000 duplex, not much to speak about, but first $3,500 I saved, you know, working a day job in sales. And, you know, the cash flow from that paid for, I think my cell phone payment at the time or student loan payment. And I was hooked and I said, wow, I want to buy another one. And we kept saving up money for down payments. And I subsequently got into medical device sales. My wife was a pharmaceutical sales rep and we just kind of pummeled our money into saving up down payments and buying property the traditional way. So from 2001 through 2005, that's what we managed to do. And we had managed to uh, acquire 23 units that were mixed between duplexes, a couple four units and a seven unit. And then in 2005, I had seen an ad in the local newspaper that basically said, you know, local investor retiring up to 128 rental units, call this number. And I called the number, the gentleman's name was Dick. You know, we met at some commercial property that he was renovating on a Saturday morning and really took a liking to each other. So it turns out that he was trying to sell off his bottom 56 units because ultimately like 
eight years later, seven years later, when I quit my day job, I had purchased the rest of his, rest of his portfolio. But that's kind of a whole other story. So we met, you know, we met for, for coffee. He took me around to these, these different scattered multi-unit buildings, all sort of within a mile, mile and a half of each other. So there was a 14 unit, a 16 unit, a couple four units, an eight unit, just different sizes of properties. He ran it really well. He was our professional landlord and, and sort of taught me how to take being a hobby landlord and having a few rental properties and transitioning that into being a business owner. And, you know, he, the, the long and short of the deal was that, you know, it was, it was 56 units, $1.1 million that he had owned for a while free and clear. And he said, look, if you can come up with a 10% down payment, I will hold the, the mortgage for you for 25 years. And, you know, and there was a 10 year balloon that we took care of when that time came, but the thing cash flowed. I had some savings, cashed in some retirement, borrowed against retirement, took out some lines of credit, but figured everything I could do to come up with $100,000 that I needed to, to close the deal. And we did it and it worked. But with that, that took us, the catapulted us from 23 units to 79 units, which then forced us to hire our first property manager, forced us to hire our first maintenance, full-time maintenance guy, but really taught me that I could take this business a lot further if I, you know, if I bring people on my team and kind of build a business around it. Was it scary to move from 23 to 56 units? Because it's basically, you know, almost doubling your, if not more, you know, your portfolio. Yeah. So when we added those 56 units from the 23, went up to 79, I was, I just had this tunnel vision of, I'm going to grow this business. And, and I just, so it was scary, but not, not really, because I felt like it was, I still had the, the kind of the safety net of the day job at the time. So I just felt like I was really in this mode of building this business, adding properties that were just, I could have more money to fuel into, into expanding our real estate portfolio. So on one hand, it was scary, but the, on the other hand, it was exhilarating and it, and I knew that I was one step closer to, to where I wanted to be. That's very interesting. And I think the also the interesting thing about this story is that the owner took a chance with you because, you know, he knew you only, only, and I say, quote unquote, you know, own 23 units in total. And he was willing to kind of walk you through his portfolio, teach you stuff and even do seller financing, which is not, you know, a given. Instead, he could have just gone to someone else with maybe more experience or someone who can you know, write him a check on the spot, didn't need any seller financing. And he knew that he has surety of closing, you know, which basically means that he knows for a fact that the other guy or someone else would be willing, you know, would be able to close and he wouldn't need to be taught. So I'm interested in hearing that side of why do you think he kind of took a chance on you and was very you know, willing and open to teach you and, and help you with, with the purchase. Sure. I, I think about that a lot because I've put myself into his shoes a few times since then that some of us investors, when you've owned an asset for so long, you still really like the cash flow, but you don't want to do all the work that goes into, into managing it. And, you know, he was an owner operator and, you know, he had employees, but he was, he was up at 6am every day working on his rental properties until, you know, until midnight, just he was a workaholic. And I think that, you know, he wanted the cash flow or some cash flow 
without having to do the, do the work. So I think in his mind, he could manage me. And if he managed my activity and, and, you know, created a better investor or business owner, then that was one responsibility instead of 50, you know, 56 responsibilities. And I've, I've subsequently done the same thing for other investors where I've held the paper and sure it would be nice to get a nice, a nice big paycheck. But really what we're after is the cash flow and saying, well, if I can continue to cash flow on these assets and help somebody else, like bring them up, up in the business and train them on, on the ways of how to do things. It's just, you know, one hand you're giving back and you're, you're creating a new generation of solid investors, but you're also able to still benefit from that property. Interesting. Interesting. And was that property, I mean, the portfolio was in Pennsylvania as well, where you were living at the time and still live there? Yeah, yeah. So my whole portfolio is is in my backyard within a, a 30 minute radius of, of downtown Erie, Pennsylvania. So interesting. Uh, have you ever considered, you know, going buying anything out of state? I sure out have. Of curiosity. Yeah, yeah. We have, have a lot of friends that invest out of state and have done that successfully. So we've thought about it, but at the same time, there's still some great opportunities that keep coming up in, in our area. So I currently have a 205 unit under under contract. And so at some point when we run out of properties or projects that we want to do in our own backyard, <laughs> you know, we'll invest outside of our area. So I would be invest, interested in investing passively outside of Erie, but also as the GP and, and creating deals out, outside of our own market as well. Got it. Got it. So your first, you know, large deal of 56 units, the owner mainly sold the his assets because he was overworked and just wanted passive income. Did you step in, into his shoes and were you working as hard as he was or were you a bit smarter and had some people in place so you don't have to wake up at six and go to bed at midnight still working? I think day? I was forced to be a little bit more resourceful because, you know, shortly after that, my wife gave birth to our first, first child. It was right around the same time. And I had just taken on a new uh, position that required a lot more effort and work for me on terms of my day job. So I really figured out how to hire better people and then grow further. Maybe I made less money than he did, but I was able to have a little bit of freedom. I still worked really hard at certain aspects of that business, but I wasn't out there painting or fixing toilets and doing any of that stuff. I'm, I'm not handy and I hope I never am. So <laughs> I hire people that are better than you at, at all aspects yeah. of, the, of the operation. So. Yeah, totally, totally agreed. And so when you bought, you know, after you bought the property, he still was sticking around and helping you overseeing the property. Was was he still there or did he at some point say, you know what, I like the money, have a good life? Well, yeah, he never really came around the properties after we did the, the sale. We would meet, I say once a month for coffee, probably on average. We would, you know, maybe we'd go out for dinner and beers one month and we'd grab coffee the next month. And so I was full of questions and I just wanted to kind of keep him close. He was a mentor of mine. So I always had, you know, ideas and strategies and just different things I was working on. And I think he kept me close because ultimately I bought the rest of his portfolio. So I think he stepped back and he worked on the remaining piece of his, of his portfolio, which was just three properties that, that were a lot, heck of a lot easier to run. So yeah, we, we kind of built that business relationship, maintained our friendship. And then ultimately, you know, what I bought from him in 2012 was the trigger to, to leave my day job. I see. Interesting. So back then you had enough income from all the properties that you've bought. So you were able to kind of leave your job and be a full-time investor. Right, right. So when, when I left that day job in 2012, 
you know, I was right around 300 units, but we had no partners. It was just my wife and I and what we saved up. So absolutely no hard money, no private money other than owner financing. So, so our margins were very good. You know, since then we've done, we've syndicated, we've, we've taken on, you know, some joint ventures and done, done different things. But back then it was just, it was just us and our, our money that we put into the properties. Since then, at the time that you've owned 300 units, you were able to quit your day job and transition full time. And today you basically syndicate deals. So you buy properties and you have other investors joining your your deals. So I'm assuming from what you just said that it's this is all in Pennsylvania in that area. So basically having that that one guy that gave you the chance of buying something a lot bigger than what you would normally think about and help you with financing because we all know it's it's very very hard to get a loan a commercial loan for the first time because they all the banks and the lenders they want you to have some experience with lending in that in that type so and and he became your mentor which is pretty amazing because you can you could run things by him and he was still interested you know in, in hearing and devoting his time and he eventually sold all of his properties so that's um you need i think a little bit of creativity but also a little bit of of luck and, and a combination of that and hard work and to get you to where you are so how how many units do you own today uh, about 700 and with another 200 under contract congratulations so that would be uh, probably by the time we're going to, you know, air this, it's uh, you're already going to be done with the purchase. So congrats again. And are you still in touch with that owner? I am. Yeah. We, a few years ago, you know, he sort of fully retired. So he became a deacon and he spends all of his time doing, I don't know, whatever deacons do, but he, he has his hobbies, <laughs> he's got his grand, grandkids and, and he's, you know, he gets involved in like, I think special projects through his church, but he, you know, so every now and then we'll grab a coffee. I sort of force him out of his his hole. You know, he kind of tries to stay out of the real estate world, but it's just good to catch up with him. And, and you know, I have a huge debt of gratitude for some of the lessons he he taught me. So he sort of kind of stepped out of that role or that light, but I still like to keep in touch with him, you know, even if it's just once or twice a year. But he, he's probably busier now in retirement doing, you know, traveling the world and doing all sorts of fun stuff you do when you're fully, fully retired and fully yeah. passive. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Great, Jason. So um, if you could look back and give, you know, give 20-year-old Jason a piece of advice, what would it be? I think the the advice would be to think bigger sooner. So I would really say that early on, I never would have thought that syndication was possible. I would have never thought that these larger deals were even going to be part of my playbook. And I, I look at some of the growth that I've experienced over the last few years has been way more than I did my first 12 to 15 years in the business. So some of that ability to do these larger deals comes with experience and it, it comes with, you know, getting your teeth kicked in a few times and getting knocked down. But, but I would say I I wouldn't have been afraid to dream a little bigger when I was starting out. I think my first goal was like, if I can make $40,000 a year off my rental properties, you know, I was going to be great, but I was 22 or 23 when I started. And that was a lot of money to me at the time. Yeah, absolutely. All right, great. So uh, Jason, where can the listeners find you? They want to reach out. Yeah, sure. They can find me on Facebook. Uh, they can find me on LinkedIn. Those are probably the two easiest ways to get a hold of me. And if you want to put my email in the show notes, just jasonparrow at yahoo.com. All right, perfect. 
perfect will do well thank you so much jason for your time and for sharing your story i really appreciate it thank you thank you ellie thanks for having me This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.